0: welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons podcast. Neats, this is our first week without a guest for a while, so we're stuck talking to each other. Oh,
1: no. How do you feel
0: about that? It's just, it's just like it's the rest like, of our lives.
1: It's like we're going back to the uh, uh, the 2019 doldrums that most mm. Melbourne fans were hoping to put that season behind them. No yeah. worries, guys, we're back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, next week, very excitingly, we'll, we'll be talking to Kane Corns. Yes. Who's your... Um, should we say you're idol? The person you build your media game around?
1: Idol, idol is a little bit strong, is don't it? you think? Look, I'll tell you what when it you, is. When you found that
0: he said yes, you we were like, Cornsy said yes, Cornsy said yes. You would not stop talking about it for like hours.
1: I was quite excited, yeah. Now, why
0: came Korns? It's
1: Well, do you know what? People often have this response um, when I tell them I quite like Ken Corns. Do you know what? It's, I, I personally like people who actually have takes. Mm. I'm very sort of a bit sick of the Melbourne football media, um, which in my opinion can be a little bit dull because everybody mm. sort of says the same things over and over again. And I do think that, you know, and for various reasons, I do think that maybe because of Australian defamation laws and um, there's lots of reasons behind it, but I think a lot of people in the media are quite afraid to say what they really think about particular players or mm. um, particular coaches or, or performances. And I think that Uh, Which you know, some people might disagree with me about because it feels sometimes like maybe the Melbourne media is being quite harsh on a lot of players. But I do think that um, I I don't know. I like people who have a really strong voice and and use that voice. And um, you know, he's can be a little bit of a troll sometimes, but I kind of enjoy the theatre of of it all.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you in general. Um, Sometimes I feel like people are just trying to create headlines for the sake of creating headlines. Um, But I will say, for him, he does have statistics and he does he does try and back it up. So it's going to be an interesting interesting interview. I think it'll be so fun. The
1: thing I would say about the headlines though, and and this is just the tough part. And we talked to Sam McClure about this last week, actually Mm. the fact that, there is such an insatiable appetite for content now and for football content in particular. And so a lot of these media commentators who are sort of trying to make outlandish comments and, and make headlines are doing so for the purposes of keeping their jobs. And so, mm. and, and that's the thing, and the proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, if people weren't so receptive to um, clickbaity headlines or outlandish comments in the media, then why is Ken Corns on literally every single network there is in Melbourne right but, but, now, right? He's on SEN, he's on AFL.com, he's on. Does that mean on we, need to,
0: we need to celebrate tabloids just because they've got a readership? Like- no,
1: that's not it. I guess I, I mostly sympathize or I understand why they're doing what they're doing, given mm. the fact that, um, you know, they're just trying to keep themselves employed.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And it makes perfect sense. And um, he, like a lot of others, execute executes it really well. so
1: Well, I think he doesn't execute it in a baseless fashion, right? I think he does actually have a base for what he's saying, albeit, you know, it can sometimes seem a little bit reactionary and a bit shock jockey, but I don't know. But for me, I quite enjoy the theatre of it all. Oh, yeah. I find it quite amusing and entertaining. And, and, you know, sometimes I do think that particularly when he's calling out um, particular clubs for being a bit precious with their players or, um, you know, things like that, I quite enjoy that because I I do think there's a little bit of sort of preciousness when it comes to the way that we um, treat – you know, certain parts of football culture.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. I agree. Well, one thing I will say is for the people who feast on these big headlines, Melbourne's a bit of a difficult team to really, really write about right now, right? Because we just keep winning. There's not really that much happening, is there?
1: No, there's not, and so hopefully next week we'll have a great discussion with Kane about Mark Williams's influence on uh, Melbourne, which obviously he's pretty familiar, familiar with. Obviously Simon Goodwin's coaching performance this year, which we can all agree has been quite exceptional, and um, generally our forward structure issues, mm. which continue to to plague the team. So, but please send through any questions you have for Kane. Um, I think this will be a really enjoyable chat and and really exciting to talk to him about various aspects of Melbourne, both on and off the field.
0: Absolutely. But on this week, we managed to knock off Essendon, um, which was getting pretty tight, I would say.
1: Our grand final.
0: Our grand final, my grand final. Um, geez, it could have gone either way, couldn't it? Where did you think about the game?
1: I thought it was a pretty scrappy win. Uh, I must say, I felt a little bit as though we were back to the 2019 or tw- maybe not 2019, maybe 2020 forward mid-connection problem. Mm. Um, that has been a perennial problem for us. Yeah, uh, I, I, must- think, I think we
0: had like 55 or 56 inside 50s, although we did miss a lot of shots.
1: Our conversion wasn't great. That's true. Mm. I think it's interesting because Tom McDonald, I think, sometimes can make our conversion look amazing because he's such a dead eye. Unfortunately, for the past couple of weeks, he hasn't necessarily been in his best form, maybe because he's a new dad and that's been taking up a lot of time. But for whatever reason, I think that our conversion hasn't been ideal. That said, track, gosh, he's brilliant, slotting that goal from the boundary and then giving it back to the Essendon supporters. I think we all really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, totally. I I think this was one of those games which wasn't really an even team performance, but our stars did the job, right? Gorn was superb.
1: Against Draper, it was extraordinary. He really taught him a lesson, I think. And a
0: real real return to form in a way, because he had his one flat game against Collingwood. Um, Gorn was sensational. Um, Clayton Oliver, 34 possessions again, just, you know, just racks them up. Um, although it's a bit of a loose game. I think Merritt had forty one and Parish had some. Merritt 35 did have, as well. I thought
1: Merritt was exceptional. He yeah. really is amazing. And his kicking into the forward line is just sublime. And yeah. in some ways it's just you, you saw that when Essendon were really because they kept bombing it long to Lever in May, hmm. and um, which is just like the one thing that everyone is told not to do against Melbourne, but yeah. they just kept doing it over and over again. I felt like May and Lever were just marking everything, um, but the times that they didn't do that was usually when Merritt was kicking into the forward line and in, in a, s- a small chip kick, and yeah. it was just sublime.
0: But don't anything think it shows how difficult it is to beat Melbourne. Because what you need to do is not bomb it. But it's obviously hard to do that when you're under pressure. And you need players like Merritt. But not that many players in the competition can kick like Merritt. It's right?
1: definitely true. And it's one where, you know, we should talk about this later when we talk about GWS. But someone like Lockie Whitfield is mm. obviously so capable of kicking exquisitely into the forward line. Um, but, yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough. And it's funny because people always say, like, oh my gosh, what is the one thing you don't do against Melbourne? Much like people say, you know, what's the one thing that you don't do against West Coast? You don't bomb it long to Jeremy McGovern and Brass and you don't bomb it long to Lever and May, but teams keep doing it. And you know, at some point you need to say, like, look, teams aren't probably trying to do that. I'm sure they're aware of the fact that that's yeah. not the strategy, but it's just really, really tough to get past that impenetrable wall that is our defence.
0: Exactly. And they did so well. I thought we should give a shout out to Hibbard, who's had another really good game, I thought, on um, on Stringer.
1: Stringer got off yeah. the chain a little bit at the start and he yeah. took this great goal. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not
0: sure Hibbard was playing on him at that point. He seemed to be in the midfield. But later on, it just seemed like Hibbard was with him the whole time.
1: Totally. Um
0: and he's just become our best matchup for any kind of small, medium-sized forward, don't you think?
1: Definitely, yeah. yeah.
0: He's held a spot really well. Um, we mentioned Clary, Petrarca was obviously excellent, and Gus, I think we should give a shout-out to.
1: Definitely, you know, Just yeah. for his
0: precision, you know, only, I think, 24 touches, but didn't seem to turn it over at all. No,
1: not at all. He's he's becoming such an important cog of that um, yeah. in, in that wing position, and yeah. Um, you know, Jordan Lewis talked about this, but I totally agree. Often being in the wing position can be a very thankless task because you're just running up and down relentlessly and your job is just to basically run mm. and hope that you get the ball. But um, he's just playing it with such a plum. So, well done to him.
0: Yeah, he's been excellent. Um, and I wonder, I, I mean, I have no stats to back this up, but it does seem like, more of the play seems to be routed down his wing than before. I felt like earlier in the season, it felt like everything went to Langdon. Yeah. And the whole game was down Langdon's wing. But well, if- I
1: feel like Langdon's dropped off a little bit, but mm. I'm not sure if that's because of the fact that maybe more of the play is just not on, is on the other wing.
0: Right. Right. I mean, he hasn't been bad, but yeah, I agree. He hasn't been dominating the way he has before. Um, should we be concerned about the forward line needs?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think at this stage, I mean, look, McDonald's had a couple of quieter weeks Fritsch yep. has had a couple of quieter weeks as well probably
0: quite a few right I
1: think yeah. so I'm a little bit concerned about Coszy Pickett hmm. um he still does flashes of of great things but yeah. two I'm,
0: games without a goal
1: yeah I'm not sure if, if that's particularly sustainable uh and the question just becomes do you bring one of Wiedemann and Ben Brown in I know you've been calling for neither of them to be in the team yeah but I think that maybe last week's performance was a little bit of an indication that that might not be sustainable
0: maybe maybe not um it's hard to say, because I think we took 14 marks inside 50, which is higher than our average last week. Um, so, I don't know, but you're right, we, our forward line did not look great. I'm just not convinced either of them would really improve it that much. I mean, Ben Brand did kick five goals on the weekend, so you have to give him a go. Um, we recruited him for this purpose, and we need him to play well. I don't really know though. I'm just not convinced by any of the forward forward combinations <laughs> right now, which is the permanent Melbourne thing, right?
1: It really is. I feel like it's funny the Bulldogs have this permanent thing about their defence, and I feel like now yeah. we've just got this permanent thing about our forward line, and um, and particularly that mid-forward connection. Yeah, I feel like often we're kind of a bit reliant on Petrarca to, yeah, kick, to some kick really
0: hard goals, really
1: hard goals from like outside fifty or something, yeah. and and that's not a very sustainable model for success right. unless they want to try and push him into the forward line a bit more. But then that exposes our midfield. Mm-hmm and, you know, I guess maybe Gus could go back into the inside midfield role, but then he's finally, you know, got this really great position Mm. on the wing where he's playing really well. So it feels a little bit like uh, we're a little bit all sorts in that department at the moment.
0: I personally think we need to push Gorn into the forward line much Mm -hmm. more often Um, and maybe even consider trying for a game or two having... Jackson ruck for 60 or 70% of the game I mean I don't know if his tank is good enough for that but I just think Gorn is clearly our best mark right
1: yeah and what do you think of Jackson's performance as a forward so far
0: I think Jackson's looking really handy but to be honest I'm almost more impressed with him when he's in the ruck you know and, and around the ball I think he's looking really good as a forward what did think- you think
1: of <laughs> That decision to play on inexplicably after he took that great mark, yeah, in the four to fifty, not and then just
0: not great, not great, but a young player. But
1: and he made up for it the very next play. I do like that about Jacko. Um, you know, he'll make a mistake, but then he'll quickly he quickly resets.
0: Yeah, he's got a bit of Clayton Oliver about him. When he gets tackled, he seems to just be really good at getting his hands away and getting a little handball off. He really does to me look like a midfielder. You know. Which is why I would love to see him getting more time in the Ruck. Like obviously we're losing something because Gorn's a much better tack ruckman right now. But I don't know. I think if we're gonna win a premiership, maybe it's gonna require Gorn to kick, say, three girls goals in a grand final. Because I'm not sure about the rest of our options.
1: But do you are you more certain of Gorn's kicking for goal or Jacko's?
0: Oh Jacko's kicking for goal is definitely better. Yeah. I just don't think he gets as many opportunities. I know. Right? That's
1: that's the tough part. He's yeah. just I mean, Gorn's marking is just a thing of beauty, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. So So, what would you do, Nitz? Would you bring back Ben Brown this week?
1: I think so. Mm. You know, I I think he's kicked five goals in the VFL. I mean, look, I was a bit concerned with the way in which he was moving. Mm. Um, He just did not look particularly agile, as Mm. I think most Melbourne supporters agreed. Um, You know, he kicked a couple of goals when he was in the team, but he didn't really look like a particularly mobile forward. He really did look like um, someone who would need the ball to be delivered to him on a silver platter in order to be able to convert. Um, which was really not what our forward line needed at that time. Mm. I think that from all reports, it sounds like he's become a little bit of a different player so far as he's he's tried to really improve his agility in his movement. Mm. Um, so if that's true, then I would like to see him have another go just because I don't – I wasn't particularly convinced by our forward con- configuration on the weekend.
0: Right. What about Wiedemann? Um, he, he apparently had about 20 possessions playing as more of a rock, high forward uh, role. I assume he'll have to wait his time a little bit.
1: I think so, you know, and I, it's, it's tough because I really do, um, Believe in Wiedemann as a player, but I just think that he's obviously a bit devoid of confidence at the moment. But he's just not performing, yeah. and he he was given a pretty fair run at AFL level. I mean, that's the thing you're playing in a team that's winning all the time. It's mm. not like you're playing in a perennially losing team. So, and we're getting great opportunities, and so it's just and you've got to ask yourself if McDonald up until the last couple of weeks, but McDonald was really able to be such a destructive forward in the first half of the year. If Fritz Fritz was able to kick like five or six goals on certain occasions, why aren't uh, Wiedemann and Bren Brown able to perform at that same level?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, look, for me, I think be, give Ben Brown a go, give him a few weeks. This is what we recruited him for. If it doesn't work with him, I think we just have to commit to the current setup and, you know, and play going forward more often and see if that's enough, because I don't know. Um, I think we might have too many tools. I mean, Fritch, McDonald, Jackson, um, Gorn, if he's playing tall, that's that's a decent number of talls. It is, yeah. it is.
1: And it's just, it's just this obsession with this idea of having, like, a big key forward, which right. I think is the – which, you know, to be fair, Tom McDonald is arguably that. Um, he's just a much more mobile player. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this whole sit-at-home forward is just a bit of a – a, you know, a prize uh, sort of position on the field that most people sort of just want, I think for at least peace sake. I, I don't know, but-
0: I guess so. I just, I can't remember that many full forwards dominating in a grand final. Can you?
1: No, but then you have people like Tom Lynch who just dominated in a prelim final, right? Right,
0: right. But you know, you can clearly win a premiership without that dominant That's people. definitely true. So, do you think, needs that our best 22 is going to change at all? Because I, I've, I read this week that we have this insane- injury list, where we only have three players injured at the moment.
1: That's extraordinary.
0: Tomlinson, Hoare, and Nitschke, um, which is quite remarkable, really.
1: Extraordinary. And, you know, hats off to the uh, the medical team. They're obviously doing a wonderful job in terms yeah. of – and Darren Burgess, obviously, who we're very sad to hear will probably be leaving us at the end of the year. But, right. um, you know, extraordinary job to them and well done because we haven't had – We've. I feel like a lot of the time, you know, under the under the David Misson um, – Rain, who mm. somewhat became a little bit of a whipping boy, I think, for yeah. the Melbourne supporters, particularly those in like Melbourne Demons Uncensored. Um, I think that there was a. <laughs> a it's yeah, of- it
0: like he was going out and individually like clipping everyone's hamstring or whatever. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a little bit of hate, I think, yeah. directed towards him. Um, but, you know, and, and it's, but, you know, the team didn't look to be that fit and that healthy, but our list is extraordinarily mm. healthy at the moment. So well done.
0: Yeah. I agree. But. Do you think anyone comes in? So, Vandenberg had a good game on the weekend. I almost forgot that he's on our list, to be honest. Honestly, I did as well. Yeah. Um, Jones, 36 touches.
1: I think maybe he comes in for Sparrow. I just think Sparrow kicked a really clutch goal, which Mm. we really needed on the weekend. Yeah. And he's actually quite good at those goals.
0: Yeah. geez, he gets onto it, doesn't he?
1: He does. But I'm just not sure he's giving us that much.
0: No. But I don't know how much Jones will give us. But, you know, then you've got Melksham, always floating around. Jake Bowie. Um, is apparently playing pretty well, but I don't think there's a room in the defense, so...
1: I wouldn't be replacing anyone in the defense right now unless yeah. there's an injury.
0: Personally, I would just bring in Brown for now. I think those guys are all solid, and it's great depth to have, but I don't know if any of them are really... Threatening. Threatening, mm. really. Um I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of Chandler. Um, <laughs> he showed a bit of promise in the preseason. He hasn't really gotten a run. I think he was a medical sub like seven times or something, but... Yeah, maybe we just keep it as is and wait for some injuries. Well, Sparrow
1: was also the medical sub like multiple weeks in a row. And maybe this is their, you know, he's been in the the team now for a couple of weeks. So, maybe they they do need to give him a little bit of an extended run, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Neat, the GWS game. This is definitely a danger game. I think there's no question about that. Oh,
1: I wouldn't have thought so. Really, no? you think this is a danger game?
0: I do because GWS is just getting a lot of players back. So Mumford is coming back, and there's a huge correlation between him playing and GWS winning.
1: Well, Mumford has a knack of just taking people out and right. you know being a bit of a, a bit of a thug. I would say.
0: Yeah, just being a bit of a pesk. And then Hogan's coming back in. It's possible that um, Cornelio will come back in. Um, who else have got Tom Green? There's several players that are all coming back in this week. So I don't, how do you I don't feel about Jesse Hogan? Um. As a
1: Melbourne supporter.
0: Oh, I love Jesse Hogan. I mean, obviously, don't want him to kick seven goals this week, but any other game, I want him to do incredibly well. Um, I just feel sorry for him. I think he had so much hardship and, you know, maybe some other players could have dealt with it differently, but he has his own makeup and no one could, you know, criticize him given all the struggles he had, you know. It's very sad it couldn't work out, but.
1: I agree. I think a lot of Melbourne supporters have a soft spot for Jesse Hogan. Mm. I mean, you know, he was our first rising star winner in so many years. Mm. He I mean, he was a great player at Melbourne. That's the thing. We yep. have to remember, like, when he was at Melbourne, he played really, really well. Right. And One
0: of the best field kicks I've ever seen at Melbourne, I'd say. Definitely,
1: definitely. And I just think, you know... Look, he, he definitely has had some issues along the way, but yeah. it sounds like he's going to get another contract to GWS and he's really trying to make a, um, make a really, you know, concerted effort to change his life. And yeah. he's moved into Shane Mumford's Granny Flat, mm. um, <laughs> which I find quite amusing, but. Yeah. You know, I just think that, yeah, I have, I have a real soft spot for Jesse Hogan, actually. I definitely wish him wish him all the best. And honestly, I feel like even if he came back to Melbourne at the end of last year, hmm. I would have actually been quite happy about that.
0: Of course, yeah. I think the truth is his body's just banged up, right? Even this season, the fact he keeps missing several games. I don't know if he'll, he'll ever be a star. But if he's a solid player and carves out a solid career, I think everyone would be really happy with that. You'd have to be pretty cold-hearted not to be. I think so. Yeah. Um, but he's back, which is a bit of a threat. I definitely, think, yeah. definitely. Um, but having said that, I just think our our defense is too strong. I mean, Toby Green is always a risk, but you put Hibbert on him. I don't think Hibbert's going to let him kick like six goals or whatever.
1: No, but Toby Green is such an unbelievable X-Factor player. I mean, Mm. you can only remember last game. GWS had players that were dropping left, right, and center. I remember. They had
0: three injuries in the game. In the
1: game. So, Cornelio went out. DeBoer went out. It
0: was just- Davis, I think, as well.
1: Davis went out. Everybody Mm. was getting injured. And I just remember Toby Green nearly single-handedly, up until before the last 10 minutes, but Toby Green single-handedly was keeping him in it. And he is just, he's such an X-Factor player.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So huge job. It has to be Hibbert, right? Or would you play May on him?
1: Oh, the thing is, you almost want to play May on him because he's just so dangerous. Yeah. I think um, I, I I love Pig Hibbert's desperation, and maybe he'll be, he'll get you know the first chance, the first crack at him. But yeah. it might end up being a May. Match and then up.
0: who goes to Hogan? Lever. You think so?
1: Maybe. I mean, That's Lever, a bit of an
0: awkward matchup, isn't it?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Because yeah. Lever likes to zone off a bit, and I don't know. I think Hogan's someone you want to you want to pay attention to. Well, maybe maybe Petty.
1: Well, because Hogan can run all day, really. Mm. I mean, Hogan's such a good runner. That was always yeah. the thing at Melbourne. He was always just moving and he wouldn't stop. Yeah. Um, so maybe Petty is a better option. Yeah. But I just don't know if Petty, I don't know, Petty, Hogan versus Petty in a, in a mm. one-on-one. I'm not feeling as confident maybe as you are.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the midfield battle? Um, That'll
1: be fascinating. You know, I think GWS's midfield is very, they're, they've got a strong midfield and when they win the contested ball, they perform so well and they do have some real contested ball animals in terms of Hopper and Taranto.
0: Tom Green, if he Tom comes Green in, and if
1: and obviously if Canelio comes back. And
0: Whitfield is a contestable analyst. Whitfield as well. is
1: just extraordinary, isn't yeah. he? Um I still think we'll get the better better of them just because they are coming back from injury. They did lose to Hawthorne last week, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, pretty I find quite surprising. Um and it's on our home deck.
0: Right. And I and I think Gorn will outrun Mumford you know Mumford will bash him into him for a little bit but I don't think he'll be able to keep up <laughs> I think so
1: I do worry about Mumford bashing into Luke Jackson I feel like that could end him in injury Ooh,
0: yeah yeah maybe you're trying Mumford, to protect Jackson Mumford would really
1: line. really try and make, I could imagine Mumford trying to make a point just yeah. you know like oh here's this young slick you know Ferrari let me just <laughs> run, right.
0: dent it yeah. <laughs> correct
1: exactly that's kind of the, the bash and crash approach to Shane Mumford yeah
0: yeah so your prediction is
1: I think we'll win by about 20 points
0: Okay. I think this will be like last game. I think it'll, it'll be very tight. Um, so I'm going to say 10 points.
1: You're not as convinced.
0: No, I think Junius is a pretty handy team. And honestly, I don't think we're playing that well. We're, we're, do- nah. we're doing enough. Um, and I think our defense is exceptional, um, obviously. But at the moment, I don't think we're really doing anything spectacular, but we just need to keep Locking up the wins and getting to the top two, right?
1: We do need to keep at some point the midfield, the the forward lines really got to sort of start to live up to its end of the bargain because yeah. the defence is utterly ex- extraordinary right. in terms of how well they're playing. The midfield's doing their job, but this forward issue is still becoming a bit of a problem.
0: Yeah, but then again, maybe not. Right? You can you can win a premiership through defence, and if we can keep the opposition um, to not many points, that might be enough.
1: It might not be the most exciting premiership of all time, but it's a premiership.
0: Um. Well, thank you very much for joining Deluded again. Uh, like we said, very excited about the Cane Corns interview next week. So please join our Facebook group, uh, Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan community and drop us your questions. Um, and just let us know what you think.
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing we should tell you guys is, you know, we've really tried to make an effort to get people in the media this year, as you, I'm sure you probably realized. And, and one of the reasons for that is because we like people who do speak very candidly about issues. I think sometimes, um, you know, sometimes when you have particular people associated with the club, it's, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, an interest in, in sort of speaking in sort of very positive terms about the mm, club and that type towing of the thing. the party line. Well, yeah, I think so. And I think this podcast is very much a podcast about having a more kind of in depth, I suppose, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, look critical and some at some points look at the club. And so that's why we sort of try to get people who, who do offer different perspectives and who aren't sort of, um, you know, just sort of saying what, what the Melbourne media website would say.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if you're liking what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we will see you next week. Go D's.
1: Go Dees.